Well, you know, despite what some people may claim, it's quite evident that uh, science, medicine, and of course the scriptures all agree that life begins at conception. Um, and so how did we get to the point in society today where it is not only acceptable, but it's actually promoted to take the life of an unborn baby? I mean, you have to really ask yourself, how, how has it become acceptable, okay, even affirmed to do such a thing? I want you to think about this for a minute. We've gotten to the point in our society and our world today where it is okay, and people even pick it and say, you know, this is our right, this is our right, for 125,000 unborn babies to be killed every day worldwide. 125,000 every day worldwide. Um, Maybe put this in perspective a little bit. And I'm just going by total general numbers. I'm just guessing. But imagine um, the people that live in Shippensburg being totally wiped out ten times every day, every day of the year. Imagine that. Imagine if just a, a nuclear bomb hit and just wiped out the entire residents of Shippensburg ten times over every day, every day of the year. That's how many abortions are performed worldwide every day. Bring it a little closer to home in America, 60 million unborn babies have lost their lives since Roe versus Wade. 60 million. How did we get to the point where people say that's okay and even promote it? Well, I believe we find the answer in this, that... Um, man has always and still does wants to be God. Man wants to be the God of his own life. And it's always been that way. This desire to have the power to rule over his own existence. That is what has brought us to this point in time in our society where Ten times the number of Jews that were killed in the Holocaust. Ten times that number of babies have been killed since Roe versus Wade. I mean, as horrible as the Holocaust was, ten times that many babies have died since Roe versus Wade. It's, it's unfathomable to think that we've allowed that to happen, but the root of it is because man desires to be the God of his own existence, to ascend the throne of God and make his own decisions on what is right and wrong, good and evil. And no one's going to tell us differently. And you may be thinking, well, that's just not true. Man doesn't really want to be God. That's just something that religion says to try to justify taking away people's rights to choose. Well, I'm sorry, but the reality of it is that is man's desire and it's always been that way from the beginning. Do me a favor. Let's take a little, um, if you will, walk through history this morning. 
to show you where man's mindset has always been in relation to this subject. Let me start, we're going to start out with today, if you will, today's day and age, and then we're going to rewind all the way back to the beginning of history. All right, I was um, doing a little research online, and I, and I came across this website called Odyssey, and, and I think it's just sort of an open forum for people to share pretty much whatever they want. And a young lady by the name of Tanner Bailey, who looked like she was probably, you know, of the millennial generation, um, she wrote an article entitled this, You Are Your Own God. And the subtitle was, Why You Should Put Faith in Yourself and Not Religion. Well, I agree that you shouldn't put faith in religion. You should put it in Jesus Christ. But she goes on in the article to say this, Achievements are derived from being your own God. Put your faith in your ability. You determine your future, not anyone, any God, or anything. And Miss Bailey is just an average individual. She's no super famous person or, you know, scholar or uh, scientist or whatever. Just her view is you are your own God. Well, let's broaden that just a little bit and, and take a look at um, Hollywood. Well, there's a, a lady who's been an actress for many, many years, very well known, a lady by the name of Shirley MacLaine. And Shirley MacLaine made this statement, No, because she wants you to know, no, you are God. That's the philosophy she lives by. No, she wants you to know that you are God. How about Sung Young Moon, a, uh, a pagan religious leader who established the religion of the Moonies? And here's what Sung Young Moon said, God and man are one. Man is incarnate God. Well, he kind of got that flip-flop. God became an incarnate man through Jesus Christ. But man is not incarnate God. But yet that's what Mr. Moon says. Supreme Master Ching Hai, who uh, I find it rather interesting. This is a lady, uh, an Asian lady who is uh, um, a well-known, I guess, fashion Designer, and she teaches on meditation and all this kind of stuff, you know. And here's what Supreme Master Ching Hai says. She said, who is God? You, you are God. That's her philosophy. So you see, everyday people like Miss Bailey, the Hollywood elite, pagan religious leaders all have this idea and this desire to be God, to be the God of their own existence. That's the mentality that runs through society today. And even if people wouldn't come right out and say it, although all these people do, even if they wouldn't all come out and say it, that's the philosophy by which they live by. Because when you say, I have the right to choose whatever I want to do with my life, you're ascending the throne of God and displacing He who is rightfully there with yourself. 
And you see, what has brought us to this point where 60 million babies can be killed and us say it's okay and it is even law is the same mentality that says that anything that is against the teaching of Scripture and that is immoral and sinful and wrong is okay. But let's rewind a little bit farther in history to show you that this just isn't a current sort of... um, trend in society. Let's rewind about 2,000 years ago to the Roman emperors of the first century. They considered themselves to be gods and they demanded that their subjects worship them as gods and if they didn't, they would be executed. Why do you think so many Christians were martyred in the first century? Because they refused to worship anyone as God other than the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if that's not enough, let's rewind a little bit farther in history. Let's go back about 2,600 years. And this is where I want you to open your Bibles. Um, Turn over to Ezekiel chapter 28. And uh, guys, I want us to look at three main passages of Scripture this morning. Ezekiel, Isaiah, and then Genesis. So be prepared to turn with me, because I want you to read along. Um, So let's turn over to Ezekiel chapter 28 and verses uh, 1 and 2. And look at what the prophet Ezekiel had to say to the king of Tyre and his mentality when it comes to this subject. Look at Ezekiel 28, 1 and 2, and the words that God gave to Ezekiel to share with the king of Tyre. Verse 1, The word of the Lord came to me, that was Ezekiel, Son of man, say to the ruler of Tyre, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In the pride of your heart, you say, I am a God. I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas. But then the Lord says this to him, but you are a man and not a God, though you think you are as wise as a God. Let's go back another hundred years. Let's rewind about 2,700 years to what the Lord said to the king of Babylon. So turn back a couple of books to Isaiah chapter 14. And then I'm gonna, I want you to stay there for a moment. But Isaiah 14, 13 to 14, and what the Lord said to the king of Babylon through the prophet Isaiah. And see if you see a similar mentality between Miss Bailey, Miss McLean, these pagan religious leaders, and, uh, and what was common thinking with the king of Tyre. And let's see if the king of Babylon maybe feels the same way. And look what the Lord said to him. You said in your heart, beginning with verse 13, you said in your heart... I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. I will make myself like the most high. But the Lord says to him, but you are brought down to the grave, to the depths, of the pit. 
where did this desire to be God come from that has been so prevalent in the thinking of man for centuries and centuries? Well, we get a little bit of a hint of its source in verse 12 of Isaiah 14. Take a look there what Isaiah said just previous to what we just read. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I want to ascend above the heavens. It's kind of an interesting thing. Isaiah and Ezekiel both did almost the exact same thing. They drew a parallel between the sin and the eventual fall of these two pagan kings with the sin and the fall of Satan from heaven. The same sin and pride that was found in the heart of Satan, he spewed that poison into the hearts of humanity. And you see, they drew that parallel because the power behind the king of Tyre and the power behind the king of Babylon was Satan himself. And so just as he fell from heaven because he desired to ascend to the throne of God, so did the king of Babylon and Tyre. And just as he fell, they too would fall. And just like us, any of us who choose to ascend to the throne of God, to be the God of our own existence, all we're doing is heading for a fall. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, what began so many eons ago has continued even to today. But you know where it all started? It started in the heart of Satan, who he himself decided to sit enthroned above the heavens to take the place of God... But then you know what he did? He sowed that poison in the hearts of man in the garden. And man's been eating of that forbidden fruit ever since. Turn over to Genesis chapter 3 with me now. Now we're going to rewind some 6,000 years or so into history. And look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 6. This is the devil speaking. And he says to Eve, the very beginning, he says, You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, that's the forbidden fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Oh, how appealing it was to Eve to be like God, she thought. Oh, how appealing it was to the king of Babylon to be like God, he thought. To the king of Tyre, to be like God. To the pagan religious leaders, 
to Shirley MacLaine, to Miss Bailey. How appealing it is for us to ascend to the throne, put ourselves in the position to decide for ourselves what is good and evil, right and wrong, to be the masters of our own destinies. How appealing is that? The same appeal as it had to Satan it has had to generations and generations since. But why? Why is that so appealing? Why is it so appealing to be the God of our own lives? I'll tell you why. And we see it in those scripture passages uh, describing the king of Babylon, the king of Tyre, and of course paralleling Satan's own heart, is it's the sin of pride. It's the desire, the lust for power. And it's the desire to be accountable to no one but ourselves. You see, when, your own, when you are your own God, you get to make all your decisions for yourself. You answer to no one. You decide what's right and wrong. You decide what's good and evil. You decide. You, you, you. And when Eve saw the apple and Satan said, you're going to be like God now. Oh, it was appealing. And she took of it and ate. And every time one of us says, I decide what is right and wrong, good and evil in my life, we take another bite of the apple. And Satan just laughs. Because he saw what it got him, and he's seen what it's got in humanity. I mean, think of the results. If that is the way that we are to live, if we are to be the God of our own existences, then why is the world in such a mess? Look where it has gotten us from the very beginning until the very present day. All you've got to do is, is look at a newscast. All you've got to do is pick up a newspaper. All you've got to do is open up the Internet. All you got to do is look at the statistics of 60 million unborn babies killed in 45 years, 125,000 dying every day. That's where it's gotten us to ascend to the throne of God and replace the one true God with ourselves. I don't know about you, but I don't like what I see. And yet man wants to keep holding the reins, keep being in power, keep deciding for himself, and look where it's gotten us. I think it's time for a change. I think it's time we step off the throne and let God have his rightful place. Well, what's the solution well, I find it rather interesting what author Stephen James said. He says, the true nature of man, left to himself, without restraint, is not nobility, but savagery. So in other words, the true nature of man, when we're left without accountability to God, when we're left to our own decision-making, when we're left to decide for ourselves what is good and evil, right and wrong, it's not becoming noble, it's that we become savages. So 
what do we do to turn the tide, to change things? Well, I remember a number of years ago hearing a statement, and for some reason it's just always stuck with me, because I guess it's so relevant in so many different circumstances, and it carries with it so much truth, is the solution really comes down to this. To remember something in every aspect of our life, in every decision that we have to make, in every split in the road where we can go this way or this way, to remember this. There's only one God, and it ain't you. And it ain't me, and it ain't us. There's only one God. And it's not us. And yet the world has forgotten that because they bought into the lie that they can do better, that they know more. That what they choose for their life is what's right and wrong and good and evil. And denying the one who truly sits on the throne of the universe. We've got to remember there's only one God and it's not us. We've got to humble ourselves before Him Give God His rightful place in our lives. And then, guys, I think really it comes down to this too. It comes down to trusting God. It comes down to trusting God in those difficult circumstances. It comes down to trusting God when we're feeling pressure from other people to do one thing or another. It comes down to trusting God with our present, with our future, with our destinies, with our eternities. It comes down to trusting the one who truly sits on the throne and saying, you know what, I realize humanity's messed it up. I've messed it up. I need to look to the one who knows. But even more than that, we can stay along with the psalmist in Psalm 100 the Lord is good. His love endures forever. That's why we can trust Him. That's why we don't have to look to ourselves. That's why we don't have to try to scratch and claw to the throne and sit where God sits because He is good and His love endures for all of us forever. And He'll never lead us astray, never lead us wrong, because He is good. And His love for us endures forever. That cannot be said about any man. Jesus said, no one is good but God alone. So why, when it comes to the decisions of my life and the world, would I not look to the One who is good and whose love endures forever. Rather than to my own fallibility. All i got to do is look back over history and see we messed it up. And it's time now for a change. To look to the one who is good and his love endures forever. And when we do that, we'll begin to see things change one life at a time. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we come before You this morning and we acknowledge our sinfulness. We acknowledge that we've messed up 
a perfect world that you gave us. We acknowledge, God, that even sometimes in the small things, we try to take control and be God in those decisions. And Lord, we make the conscious decision this morning to step down and give you your rightful place. For only you can turn it around and make it right. Lord, I pray that a great awakening washes across our land and the world. And that you will bind up the spirit of wanting to be God that lies in the heart of man. And that we will humble ourselves before you, the one true God. We will surrender ourselves, our wills, our desires to you that you may begin to make it right again. Lord, we step down this morning. We give you your rightful place in our hearts and in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.